Welcome back to True Crime Trine, a podcast where the planets align and three friends get together and chat true crime, astrology, and any other weird bullshit we can fit into this podcast. We are your hosts, Hannah. And Meredith. We lost Sarah again. (laughs) Well, two is better than one, clearly. Yeah, so welcome to episode 80. Sarah's trying to get a job. It's fine. <laughs> I actually had an interview today. Oh, awesome. Where at? Academic coordinator for UC at Davis, Davis for the micro labs. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yes. Anyway, Sarah is trying to keep doing exciting research. And I'm like, just let me out. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do not want a postdoc. You couldn't pay me enough money to postdoc. I can tell you that much. She was telling me a little bit about like what that means and, and oh, stuff yeah. this weekend because I, you know, I'm not in academics at all. And so she had mentioned that she's, I said, is Hannah doing one? And she's like, oh no, she wants out into the world with a nine to five and weekends off. A hundred percent. And honestly, <laughs> if I get this academic coordinator job, school schedule. Nice. Which so all the breaks. I and- wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad about. Cool. I don't think it pays very much, but I don't have any expenses, really, so. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, whatever. Anyway, all right, so, any business? Biznatch. I did listen to your single episode, and that was a very eerie, sad dream. Yeah, it is very, very sad. It's interesting. There's an element of beauty in there. I can see that. We don't always know if we're going to have the opportunity so it just kind of felt like I don't know something in the universe you know wanted some finalization to that so it still gives me chills every time my mom talks about it yeah and I asked her if I could share it and she was like I don't give a shit (laughs) oh pearl so she was gracious in her very Aries way to let me share her (laughs) story so I hope I did it I'll give a shit gracious it's just one of those kind of spooky stories so i thought it would be interesting topic for spooky season and then as far as other biznatch i just this episode is going to air on october 24th monday and i want to wish my lovely husband a happy birthday does he listen no and he won't he tried oh yeah well he tried i understand Armin just wasn't his thing, so. Yeah, we started with a bag. But he is very supportive of my endeavor here, so I appreciate that and his patience. Yes. happy birthday. On the weekend, as I sit in my chair and edit audio, and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, still editing. <laughs> still doing it. I don't even have to ask anymore, sir. But also, like, he'll take our daughter to his parents for the weekend. So if I have, like, a double episode I need to get done or a oh, longer yeah. episode. So I have time to, like, get it done. So he's a pretty cool dude. Very supportive pod husband. Yes. Yes, he is. Except he refuses to learn how to edit audio. And <laughs> I've asked him several times to try. But There's he... a limit to his supportiveness. Yes. 
And then the only other thing I had for housekeeping is that we've had a very nice uptick in Malibu, California. So hello to Malibu. Hi. Hello. And thank you for listening. I have no idea who that is. Must be somebody I don't know. People we don't know listen to this. It's weird. Yay. Very interesting. But yeah, so they're up 55 episodes. Oh, cool. I hadn't seen them on our analytics prior. I hadn't checked in a while, but um, yeah, 55. Not bad. So welcome. Yeah. You've been welcome. welcome. Do you listen to 55 of them? I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I had COVID last week, so I'm still recovering. So I brought a short one. And I also came across this one as I was like feverishly pawing at my phone last week. Okay. I was just like, whoa. <laughs> and I found this one. So okay. there's the origin story. Yay. Let's just go to August 13th, 1997, when a group of amateur scuba divers started their dive in Coniston Water, which is a lake in the Lake District in the United Kingdom. Okay. And I didn't get distracted by UK town names this time because my attention had already been caught by the idea of doing recreational diving in a lake. And I don't know why, but it weirds me out. I don't like it. I really don't like it. I... Would say I would love to do the magnet fishing. I have no idea that? what that is. So essentially, they take a pretty high-powered magnet, and then they fish from a bridge or a pier or from the bank of something, uh-huh. and they end up picking up metals and things. Okay. Not fish. Not fish, but different, you know, but essentially, you're also, like, cleaning that body of water. Yeah. As well, because you're pulling debris from it. But I don't, I, mm, diving, mm. Oh, I already hate the idea of scuba diving. I refuse. But it seems worse in a lake. What are you even looking at? Well, let me tell you. Barrel? <laughs> no, they found a body. Okay. On the lake floor. And Aww. so, because I am a sucker for a theme, this is another lady in the lake story. Okay. All right. There's no, um ghostliness to it though we kind of fucked up spooky season this year friends but it's been hard the cool thing is is that it's our podcast and we can do what we want yeah so we can extend spooky season till fucking christmas it's still like 90 degrees here so it doesn't even feel like it's really fall yet and i hate thanksgiving so we'll just have a second spooky season instead Heck yeah, I'm all for it. And back to this. So this body was found 75 feet below on an underwater ledge. And it was later reported that if it had been thrown into the water just a few meters away, it would have settled much deeper and probably would never have been found. So kind of chance there. Bad throw? Or you just don't know the lake bottom topography. Mm Mm-hmm. The body had been wrapped in a dress, a canvas bag, and some plastic. And a lead pipe was placed with the body, and the whole package was sealed up by a series of elaborate knots. Ooh, knots again. (laughs) Nutty. The autopsy declared the cause of death to be from severe head trauma. There were multiple skull fractures, and her face had been smashed in, is what the article said. Okay. 
The media would report that the murder weapon had been an ice axe, but that would be challenged later in court and kind of ended up being way too much of a focus of the prosecution's case. In an odd note, her eyes had been covered by adhesive bandages, so band-aids to us Americans and plasters okay. to our English listeners. Plasters? Plast? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> The body was in the fetal position, suggesting that it must have been manipulated within the first few hours of death before rigor could set in. This body was identified as Carol Park, who had disappeared 22 years ago. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. Cut to Gordon Park, who was on a cycling holiday in France with his third wife uh, when they heard about the discovery of the body. They returned to England on August 24th, and Gordon was arrested and charged with murder the following morning. Oh, wow. Uh Uh-huh. Gordon was remanded to Preston Prison, where he remained for two weeks until his lawyers convinced the court to let him out on bail. I'm guessing Gordon was her husband? Yeah. Who is Gordon Park? Yeah. He was born on January 25th, 1944, making him an Aquarius, but he's one of the most boring Aquariuses, Aquarii, I've ever come across, so I don't have much astrology for him. Okay. Maybe he was being a... English man in the 60s overrode the Aquariusness, but there's just nothing here. That's unfortunate because they are so interesting. <laughs> They're so usually. interesting. I was like, oh, this guy, okay. Just a guy who may or may not have murdered his wife, but we'll get into that. Okay. Um, he worked as an elementary school teacher. In 1976, he was married to his first wife, Carol. The couple had two biological children, uh, Jeremy and Rachel, and they had also had adopted their niece, Vanessa. After Vanessa's mother, who was Carol's sister, uh, was murdered by her boyfriend when Vanessa was 18 months old and the mother was only 17. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. In 1976, Carol's friends would testify that she had been feeling a bit depressed. She had been adopted and so was starting to talk about trying to find her biological parents. Okay. Gordon and Carol's marriage had also been on the rocks, so both had had several affairs before this point. Um, In 1975, Carol had wanted to end the marriage and move in with her lover. Uh, There was a custody hearing that year, which did not go Carol's way, so she settled on moving back in with Gordon so that she could raise her children. Okay. On July 17th, 1976, Gordon took their three children on a day trip to Blackpool. Gordon would say that Carol had felt sick that morning and had decided to stay behind at the family home, which they named Bluestones. Okay. No one names their home anymore, and I think that's a travesty. What would you name your home? I'm not sure if this is the home I would name. I still don't know if this is my forever home, so I don't feel like giving it a name yet. We named our property... One Star Farm. Why One Star? Because there is a horse farm that is up the road from us that is called Four Star Farms. But if you Google directions to Four Star Farms, oh no, it brings you to our pasture <laughs> area or field. We don't have horses, so our field, which is adjacent to their back pasture. <laughs> Even though you have to pass a giant sign that says Four Star Farms on your way to our house. So I coined our house and property the One Star Farm. So whenever people pull into our driveway, I'm like, oh, no, we're only one star. You got to go back up the road for four stars. I love it. (laughs) Anyways. Yes. 
What would you name your home if you have a home you felt like you should name? We would love to know. This one still feels a little impermanent, but it also could be forever. I don't know. It's so hard to tell. Anyway, Carol was not there when the family returned from their day trip, but Gordia would not report her missing for another six weeks. Holy fuck, six weeks? Well, Carol had left home twice before. Okay. So, Gordon assumed that she had left for another man for the third time. Uh, Her wedding ring had been left behind and there was no sign of a struggle, in his words. He did report her missing after she didn't return to her job. She was also an elementary school teacher and so she didn't show up for the beginning of fall term. Okay. And she always did before. A missing persons investigation was started, but obviously it didn't succeed. The missing persons report has since then been lost, with some people implying that it disappeared as part of a Freemason cover-up. Oh, Jesus. Accusing both Gordon and a senior police commander of being Freemasons. Wow. Which is always fun. The fun police come in here and rebut this by saying there is no evidence that Gordon had ever been a Freemason. Okay, well, they are pretty proud, so I think there would be some evidence if he was a participant. But secretive. Well, that's secretive. We know about them. Anyway. Most of my knowledge, I'm not going to lie, is from the what is that the it's the nick cage one um the one where they stole the declaration of independence uh-huh uh, what the fuck is that called i keep thinking independence day oh Nas- national treasure, treasure. Mm-hmm. yeah what a movie <laughs> oh nick cage what a guy <laughs> so gordon would move on two years later he would divorce carol on the grounds of dis- desertion and would remarry twice okay um his third wife would stay married to him even after carol's body was discovered and gordon was arrested okay in response to his arrest he reportedly acted in the most british way by simply saying oh dear (laughs) 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 after he had been informed that carol's body had been found (laughs) oh dear Oh, no. It reminds me of Winnie the Pooh for some reason, so I'm just imagining Winnie the Pooh getting accused of murder. They found Piglet's body. Oh, no. (laughs) But on January 6, 1998, the following year, all charges would be dropped due to lack of evidence. Gordon was pleased with this outcome, saying that he, quote, wished to put this, put all this, including the events of 21 years ago, behind me and try to return to my everyday life. Okay. However, Carol's brother was displeased and would tell the media that Carol was not, quote, someone who was cheap or had a string of lovers. Okay. To Carol's brother's probable delight, Gordon was arrested for a second time on January 13th, 2004. So the investigation had not been closed in 1998 and the police had found new leads. This time, Gordon was brought to trial. Um, The prosecution's case rested on circumstantial evidence. Firstly, there were the knots he used to tie up Carol's body. Gordon's hobbies included sailing and climbing, so he was expected to have a working knowledge of knots. Yeah. The investigators had also gone to the body disposal site and found a piece of Westmoreland green slate, which matched the stone that was used to build the park's home. Blue stones. Oh. They also have statements from inmates at Preston Prison who would say that Gordon confessed to his wife's murder during those two weeks in 1997 when Gordon was also a resident of Preston Prison. Okay. Note, one of these men had had a severe learning uh, disability and had a mental age of nine. 
But he was evaluated and was allowed to be a witness for the prosecution because they thought that his intellectual difficulties uh, made it difficult for him to make up or even remember a made-up story. Sure. So, there. Hmm, who knows? I would also add that kids are really fucking honest. <laughs> yeah, to a fault. Mm-hmm. During the trial, the prosecution suggested that Gordon had intended to strangle his wife, but when she fought back, he turned to his ice axe instead. Okay. He then immediately bagged her body and disposed of it in the lake before getting back to his day. However, in a slightly confusing move, the prosecution also suggests that he may have stored the body in a chest freezer for a few days before dumping it, so I'm not sure the prosecution even had their story straight. Yeah. But despite that, Gordon Park was found guilty of murder and sentenced to life in prison, which means uh, he had to serve at least 15 years. Mm-hmm. Life in prison, guys. Carol's brother told the press that he had no doubt that justice had been done and memorialized his sister, saying, quote, Carol was a lovely, bubbly girl who was very clever and intelligent. What has been said about her has been heartbreaking. This is about one thing, justice for Carol. I love that. I know. Her, her brother, like, always was fighting for, you know, her murder to be found and put in justice and whatnot. Um, in October 2008, Gordon's supporters announced, quote, We have in our possession a signed witness statement made this week by one of the main prosecution witnesses saying, Police officers did put words in my mouth regarding Gordon Park, and the police told me what to say in court. Wow. This was told to the press, but it didn't really go in front of a court. Okay. But speaking of court, his lawyers also launched an appeal in 2008 saying, quote, the appeal is based upon fresh evidence that was not available at the original trial. It is hoped that the conviction will be quashed, I love that word, uh-huh. and a retrial order. Upon his conviction, Mr. Park's family and friends launched a campaign to clear his name, claiming there was no single piece of evidence that pointed indisputably to him. Sure. The lawyers wanted to bring in an expert witness... Geologist Andrew Moncrief to challenge the idea that the rock that had been found with Carol's body had come from the house wall. Andrew Moncrief would argue that the rock was indistinguishable from others in the area and therefore meaningless. This appeal was declined. Oh, okay. Lord Justice Keane said that the new evidence did not raise a reasonable doubt as to the safety of this conviction, saying that the geological evidence was only a small element of the, quote, strong circumstantial case against the applicant. Okay. How many other blue stone houses or paths were, like, in that area, though? Like, I mean, because maybe it was the neighbor who also had a blue stone house. Yeah, I know. I'm a cute little English village, a bunch of little cute little yeah. stone houses. Yeah. Hmm. Um. On January 25th, 2010, also Gordon's 66th birthday, Gordon died by suicide by hanging himself inside his prison cell. Okay. Gordon had tried to stay busy in prison, practicing Tai Chi, taking a maths degree, and working out. He told a reporter that he struggled with prison, saying, quote, They, the other inmates, may smoke incessantly, play loud music, the TV or video games, rifle your drawers, steal, lie, etc. There's not a lot you can do about it. I watched a guy chasing the dragon. It frightened me to death. I had never seen that before. And then I had uh, to Google what chasing the dragon was. Is that drugs? It's drugs. Okay, I was going to say heroin, most likely. I don't remember exactly. You, like 
put it on a piece of aluminum foil, have a heat source on the foil so it kind of vaporizes and then kind of just kind of move the foil around so the liquid doesn't pour off but you get all the vapors, I guess. Okay. I also have never seen anyone chase the dragon, which is why I included this. Okay. Because I was like, I don't know what that means. And it doesn't, still doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but whatever. And I'm like, drugs. Okay. Well, I was like, it had to be drugs. But then I was like, what, yeah. what kind of drugs? I don't know. Well, my first thought was masturbation. Ha 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 Oh, that would have been much better. Yeah, drugs was a tough choice as well, but okay. The top two things to do in prison are drugs and masturbate. Yeah. Well, no. And I guess the third one is workout. Well, yeah. Or read. I mean, Gordon did get a math degree, plural, because it's England. Yep. I love that. I know. It's hard to say, though, now that I'm trying to say it out loud. Yeah. Gordon would never answer detailed questions about the trial or his first wife's death, but he maintained his innocence up to his death. Okay. Saying, quote, if I knew who killed my wife, how, where, why, then I would have said so. I did not know then. I do not know now. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah. So Gordon had, and has, many supporters who believe that he was innocent and that the investigation was flawed. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, Morris. Uh, (laughs) These supporters include John and Carol's children, Jeremy and Rachel. Okay. Jeremy would say, quote, All through my childhood, we thought about my mom, thinking she might be dead, and at no point did I ever consider that my dad could be responsible. It just never occurred to me. That someone else might have done it? Yes. But that dad had done it? No. However, Vanessa, his adopted daughter, would be a witness for the prosecution. Okay. And would paint Gordon as a stoic man who would hit his children with a stick or cane and would not talk about Carol's disappearance. He was also British, so aren't they all stoic? Gordon was British. He was very much a stip upper lip kind of man. And Jeremy, the son, believed that the jury just didn't like him. Saying, quote, nowadays, people want to see you crying your eyes out. They want drama. So some of my dad's quiet demeanor, not an emotional person, doesn't fare well. They voted yeah. him off, Big Brother style. Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, people grieve in different ways. And oh, like, yeah. Men typically are more stoic, typically. Yeah, to begin with. Than females. But, like, then you add, like, the British element where they're non-emotional or non-reactive about things and just kind of... And which Jeremy seems to like, agree that his dad was very even-keeled, not super mm-hmm. emotional. Yeah. Just kind of that, like, typical, I don't know, 70s dad. Yeah. Compounded by being in England. <laughs> so you can't judge guilt by, like, how someone grieves at all or how someone acts. I guess a little bit, but, like, people do grieve super differently and it's not enough to put someone in away for quote-unquote life. Yeah, quote-unquote. At this point, I've lived two lives. <laughs> plus a little more. Mine's plus quite a bit more, but yeah. <laughs> I guess it bothers me a little bit because, yeah, everyone reacts to things differently. Everyone grieves differently. He still has three children, mm-hmm. one of which isn't his biological. So maybe he was just very much like, how do I... And they were very young at the time. Like, he had to, like, raise them. You know, keep going for his kids because he had responsibilities. He can't fall apart for a week like I did. Like, he has to take care of his children. I saw a meme somewhere where it's like, no one should allow me to ever have kids because I didn't feed my own self for, like, a week. I would would be called to the child services if there's a kid involved here. The cats aren't auto feeders, so we're fine. 
Well, there is some evidence that supports the position that Gordon was innocent. Okay. So number one is just the long range of time that passed between her disappearance and the discovery of her body. So mm-hmm. 22 years is a super long time and really hard to pick up any investigation after that point. Mm-hmm. So there's that. As for the Westmoreland Green Slate, the police diver said that he had no memory of recovering it and claimed that if he had found it, he would have put it back, whatever that means. I thought it was like wrapped in the bundle, though. It's unclear. There's not a ton of information about this case, to be honest. It's unclear. It might have been like near the bundle on the floor. I don't know. The Sunday Herald would claim that this man also fainted in the courtroom when the rock was introduced as evidence. He gave the Sunday Herald no explanation for passing out, but did continue to deny ever finding that piece of geological evidence. Interesting. Uh Uh-huh. As for the knots, the majority of the knots were granny knots. Uh, So I do not have a working knowledge of knots, but Wikipedia says, quote, The granny knot is always a mistake, used by someone who should have used a reef knot. Those learning knot tying frequently make this mistake. And considering Gordon was an expert knot tire, it was unlikely he would have used a granny knot. And in court, after being specifically asked, he answered, I do not use granny knots. Yeah, if he's an expert. Yeah. Unless he was trying to fool the police. I don't even know. (laughs) You were that smart in the 76. Like, there's so much less police procedurals on, too. Like, you don't even... I feel like now we think about that. But I don't know if they did then. I feel like I need to learn not tying i think i'm gonna go get some rope okay because you can um do better than me and just quote wikipedia because i'm like i don't know what a granny knot is or a reef knot to be honest so um i'm gonna see if my daughter wants to because she loves rope. oh yeah and she loves to tie things to other things perfect maybe i'll get some rope for christmas and and we'll get like a knot tying book she opens her box and it's just like a piece of rope she's like what the fuck is this mom no she would be like Heck okay. yeah. <laughs> All right. A lot of this case was built on inmate informant information, which isn't the most credible form of evidence. Mm-hmm. As stated earlier, one of the inmates had a severe learning disability. And though he was analyzed and found that it'd be hard for him to remember a lie, he was also highly suggestible. So mm-hmm. the other inmate claimed that Gordon had told him he had gone upstairs, found Carol in bed with another man, and killed her in a, a fit of rage. The Parks lived in a one-story house, and this <laughs> supposed lover has never come forward. <laughs> yeah, you think he would come forward when Peter was on trial. Or before! In 1976. Unless he made it off the end of the shelf in the lake. True. Yes, yeah, we have to toss him very much further for him to be much cheaper. There is one first-hand witness who claims that she had seen someone push something over the side of a boat on Coniston Water sometime around the end of July 1976. This okay. has been challenged both because of the years that have passed since the sighting, and this witness didn't come forward until 28 years later. Holy fuck. Uh-huh. Uh, so six years after the body was found, even. Mm-hmm. And also that she was too far away to be able to identify the person dumping the body. Uh, the witness holds fast and says that she must have been using binoculars. And she saw a tall, slim man in a wetsuit wearing glasses with brown or auburn hair that was wavy or curly. Jeremy rebuts this, saying that his father's hair has always been very straight and very dark. 
he is surprisingly understanding, though, of this witness. And he says, quote, I'm sure Mrs. Young is perfectly sincere about what she's seen. I'm just not sure it had anything to do with us. I don't think she's malicious. But sometimes, particularly after so many years, we see what we think we're supposed to see. Which I feel like yeah. a very understanding viewpoint for the son of the accused murderer to take. So, yeah. All right, Jeremy. I mean, he could be like, fuck you. Fuck you, lady. Have you seen my cousin Benny, right? No. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sakes. I'm so old. No, no, no. It's not that you're old. It's because I haven't seen anything. Okay. Well, anyways, they interview this witness and she swears that she saw the boys in this car. And then they're like looking at like her prescription glasses and they're oh, like, no. super thick. And then like Joe Pesci is the, he's the lawyer, the the one of the kid's uncles. They go and look, like, at her window, and her window hasn't been cleaned in, like, forever. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, anyways, that's kind of what it reminds me of. Well, eyewitness testimony, y'all. Even if she could see it, she could be remembering it differently. Because that's oh, yeah. what they've really found recently with eyewitness testimony. Even if you your statement taken, like, immediately after the events, your brain is a bitch. Yeah, I watched this documentary, though, where they did, like, an experiment in a room full of people. And I think there was, like, 25 people in the room or whatever. But then they would have different people walk in wearing, like, different identifiable things. And then they would interview them. And everyone had something vastly different to say. So, yeah, 25 different opinions who literally looked at the same people walking in. And so. I would be like, who? Oh, like, I don't remember a goddamn thing anymore. So mm-hmm. even if you walked into, like, a clown suit, I'd probably have forgotten about it by the time they asked me about it. You're like, John Wayne, what? Gacy was here? <laughs> How did I miss it? <laughs> yeah, so if anything ever happened, any crime ever happened around me, I would be a terrible eyewitness. Because I'm just like, I only noticed it after it happened because it made yeah. a very big impression. I didn't, wasn't, like paying attention to everything that came beforehand i'm similar i just i don't know unless something's drawing my attention to it i'm very much in my own head (laughs) yes same (laughs) (laughs) there were also three eyewitnesses who came forward with carol sightings on july 17th 1976 this was brought up in multiple articles i'm not necessarily sure how this clears gordon since she could have been killed in the evening, but sure, because they apparently did go to that Blackpool and Jeremy says he remembers the trip, but he was a kid. He, you know, I don't know if he has the right date, but, mm-hmm. but anyway, a neighbor claims that they saw Carol alive at the bottom of her driveway. Another neighbor saw an unidentified man in a VW Beetle in the driveway for about 20 minutes. Ted Bundy? Jesus. Ted Bundy is on his little uh, European vacation. Well, this man has never been identified. And a third woman would say she saw Carol around 6 p.m. at the Charnock Richard Services, which is basically a place with gas stations and restaurants on the side of a freeway. Oh, okay. And apparently Charnock Richard is one of the five worst motorway services in the UK. So (laughs) there's just that. Don't want to buy your petrol there. No, just keep going. The woman remembered this encounter because Carol did not acknowledge her, and she told her husband all about how snobby Carol was being. Oh, I would remember that. Well, possibly here it wasn't Carol, though, if she didn't acknowledge her back. Yeah. 
it could have just been a misidentification. The woman's like, why is that woman waving at me? I will ignore someone if I don't recognize them. I ignored people for years because I didn't wear my glasses. <laughs> anyway, those are those witnesses. Okay. In 2018, the Criminal Cases Review Commission sent Gordon Park's conviction back to the Court of Appeals, saying that they consider that, quote, there is a real possibility that the court will quash the conviction in light of the new evidence. I guess quash might just be something that uh, UK lawyers just say all the time. Held to the yeah. What a fun word. This new evidence includes the report that undermines one of the inmates' testimonies. So I think it finally got brought to the court at this point. The rope used to tie up the body was also tested for DNA, and Gordon's DNA was not found on that rope. Was any other DNA found? Didn't say. Um, Actually, I think there was DNA, and it said his did not match. Okay. And there was still DNA after 22 years. I know, underwater? Yeah. Well, I guess epithelial... Epithelial... Blah, 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 blah. Skin cells. <laughs> in, like, if the rope was tied super tight, like, maybe it could have survived in there. But 22 years is a long time. In the water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they tested it. I believe they did find DNA. That's why they t- and But it didn't match Gordon. Okay. Um, this appeal was rejected on May 1st, 2020, and so the Park family released a statement saying, quote, The family, friends, and supporters of Gordon Park and Carol Park's children are disappointed with today's decision. Having exhausted all options, we are now left without the closure we were hoping for. The judgment marks the end of our fight to clear his name. Yeah, because they're still paying lawyers. They're still, I'm assuming, right? Jeremy set up a website... I don't really know what the Criminal Cases Review Commission was, if they took that on by themselves as an organization. I'm not really even sure what it is, but... At some point, you do need closure and to move forward. Uh, Yeah, you just can't keep bringing this up. And they've already tried twice. Mm -hmm. And it's been, at this point, much more than 22 years. I'm not doing the math, but like... No. It's very, very, very unlikely that anything new would come forward at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing most witnesses were... I mean, if they were adults Dead? at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was 1976. Mm-hmm. So it's 44 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But other possible suspects for Carol's murder murderer could include her other lovers. Mm-hmm. Whoever those were, but they never really looked into that. It had been 22 years. And John Rapson, who was the man who had murdered her sister. Oh. And he was apparently not in jail at the time, and the jailhouse interview admitted that he had been in the vicinity at the time of Carol's disappearance. And was Vanessa his child? Yes. So, yeah. I mean, that that's another suspect, a, a very strong suspect, at least maybe he had some... That's a very interesting suspect, I think, as well. Yeah. I think he strangled Carol's sister, and it was more of a act of passion. Sure. And this seems more med- meditative? Med- premeditated. Premeditated. Yeah, I was like, it doesn't seem meditative. <laughs> I'm not calm. It was her sister. Her, like, I don't know. And, and she did have his daughter that they were raising. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the family had gone to Blackpool. Then Vanessa wouldn't even be there if he had shown up. Yeah. So who knows? There's really no closure to this case. I honestly don't have any idea on this one. 
No, that's crazy, though. There's, I mean, we hear a lot about circumstantial cases and stuff, but even in those, like, there's a little bit more. The evidence doesn't seem super strong. Like, the motive was there, I think, is what pushed them forward because the infidelity and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But. Well, and I mean, you look at other cases, right? Like, the Josh Powell case, right, where he made up the story about how he oh left God. with the children, right, yeah. to go camping, even mm-hmm. though that was a bunch of bullshit. But, like, I don't know. Even, like, the Lacey Peterson case, though, she was home, he was at work, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not something that would ever have any um sort of, there'll be no conclusion. I kind of feel like Mm-mm. just supporting Jeremy and Rachel, like, they are Carol and Gordon's children. Yeah. They both seem very much on the side that their father was innocent. Yeah. He might not be, but he might. Like the evidence, yeah, the evidence was not super strong and there was a lot of, it got weaker and weaker as time went by. But I, yeah. it just goes to show too, though, like as, um, if you are accused, it's super hard to get that appeal overturned, even if there is some sort of evidence that makes your um, conviction seem more of a mistake well that's what i have it's very interesting it also just shows how hard it is to like investigate the case 20 years later oh yeah i mean because they didn't search the house right with the missing person so well it had been six weeks too Mm-hmm. since she disappeared when the missing persons report even got started the missing persons report has been lost so no mm-hmm. one can go back and look at what they actually did during that time well and additionally she had run off before yeah so like there was a pattern so i'm guessing they didn't like tear apart the house and luminol it and oh stuff. no probably not but also like you don't know if he truly did take the kids and they went to go do something. Like I was saying earlier, sometimes my husband takes our daughter oh, yeah. and gives me, you know, some time to just get stuff done or relax or whatever. Somebody could break into our house and you you know what I mean? So like, I don't know. That just seems. Yeah. <sighs> the like hiding of the body, like dumping the body like that makes it feel a bit more personal like whoever didn't want the body to be found because they thought it might tie back to them but also it's really hard to try a case without a body so very true yeah i mean not impossible not impossible but it is super difficult Mm -hmm. so yeah i don't know and we'll never know but i think i just want the children to have some peace of mind they didn't get the closure with this second appeal but you gotta move on you know yeah, no, yeah, for sure. So that's what I have for that. He's kind of a boring, he's just kind of a regular dude. Mm-hmm. There's, like, nothing to talk about. He likes sailing and climbing. He was a stoic British man. Nothing, there's nothing interesting or Aquarius about him. But it did sound like he was a good dad. I think he was a good dad. I include some other quotes, but, like, they had, like, Doctor Who nights and stuff and... Aww. Yeah, so... Well, maybe that's where he would... Maybe he told a lot of dad jokes, and that was his <laughs> Aquarius nature, or, you know, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Who, who knows? That's that. Okay. When is this coming out? October 24th. All right, folks. Well, second day of Scorpio season. Mm-hmm. Yay. My fucking fave. All right, let's <laughs> see what I have here. Well, on the 25th, 
we have a partial solar eclipse in Scorpio. Oh, man. More Scorpio, more moon energy. Yeah. And it's an eclipse. So it's a lot of energy coming. What this could be a good time to do is not to focus on all of the people that have hurt you in the past and plan revenge. Maybe let go of some of those lingering grudges that you might have and just just move on a little bit. It's hard to Scorpio, but eclipse is a powerful, it's a powerful time. It's even a Scorpio can learn to move on during an eclipse or plan really bad revenge, but don't do that. Let it go. Move forward. Let it go. Mm-hmm. On Wednesday, the 26th, Mercury in Libra is trine Mars in Aquarius. Fun times. Mercury, Mars, communication, creativity, productivity. This is a good day to get shit done. Okay. So get shit done on Wednesday. It's okay. the middle of the week, you know, it's the peak. Just get your shit done and then coast. Might be a good day to get your Halloween plans sorted out. Get your costume set up. Thursday, October 27th. Mercury and Libra, what is square <laughs> to Pluto and Capricorn, blah. Um, they're all kind of blahs. Um, so hopefully you got your shit done on Wednesday because today is a day where you will feel like fighting. So getting it's actual Saturday? work done. This is Thursday. Thursday. Oh Jesus! So getting okay. any work done is going to be difficult because you're going to be a little distracted by. The people around you and how annoyed you may be feeling at them. That was me this week. I don't need another day like that. (laughs) Like, I was super mad this week and I probably shouldn't have been, but I don't want another day like that. Fuck that. Deep breaths, like, in and out. It'll be okay. And I'm going to skip that and then go to Sunday, October 30th. Mars goes retrograde in Gemini. So now we have a Mars retrograde. Different than Mercury. Different planet. God of war. More, yeah, God of war and action and aggression, but also just like being driven to get shit done. So Mm -hmm. pros and cons. That In retrograde? It's in retrograde. So all that like forward momentum is probably going to be kind of um, stopped. Okay. And we are... In the Gemini, and so I feel like there will be uh, more talking than doing during this point. So just expect life to slow down a little bit during this time. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm not exactly seeing it happening because it is the holiday season, but Mm -hmm. that's what's happening. I will say that depending on your Gemini energy, you can talk and get shit done too. (laughs) Shining example. You are the shining example. The retrograde kind of makes things weird, but... I'm still pretty good at getting shit done. But yeah, I definitely... I mean, I could use the slowdown a little bit, so that'll be great. Yeah, I need to get things done, to be honest, so... Hmm, we'll see. That is okay. what I have, so... Enjoy the last week of October. Yeah, I know. It's so quick. It went super fast. I guess it will go super fast. If you're sick for two weeks, you miss half the fucking month. Well, that's true. Okay. I can dig it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, it sounds like kind of a heck of a week, but I can yeah. dig it. Front load it with the things you need to get done. Kind of coast through the last part. Oh, dear. No. Um. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, oh, yeah, I have... bother. <laughs> yes. Oh, bother. That's, That's what it is. I was trying to yeah. think of it the whole time. <laughs> 
like I said. Two is better than one. So I know you haven't been feeling good, but thanks for... I got something together. I did it. The whole week has just been a fucking shit show. So I looked through our emails and nobody has emailed us, but we did get one that talked about being old and losing your memory, which <laughs> thanks for that. Uh, how do I think I'm that old and I lose my fucking memory? So we don't need to rub it in. Right. So yeah, just uh, hit us up. We would like to know what you would name your house if you oh, yeah. want to name your house. So you can reach out to us on Twitter at True Trine, on Instagram at True Crime Trine, Facebook, we're at TCT Podcast. You can email us directly at truecrimetrine at gmail.com. You can hit us up on our Discord and then check out our website, www.truecrimetrine.com. Bye! Yay! Music for our podcast was handcrafted by the talented and creative minds of Mike Warren and Pete Ortega. Our artwork was imagined and skillfully designed by the lovely Sarah Guest. As for production, well, they call me post-production. Show notes are available upon request. Just email truecrimetrine at gmail.com. Join us again next week for another tantalizing episode.